Praise the Lord. Praise God for you. I'm Frank Mickens here with another episode of Faith Fire Media. Cannot wait to dig into the word this week. And this is exciting because it's a familiar passage for a lot of us. We're going to get into 2 Chronicles 7:14, but it's something the Lord has me delving into because there's a specific part of that scripture the Lord wants us to be available to right now. It's the very beginning. It's the very beginning. You're praying for revival. You're praying for awakening. We talked about awakening in a past episode. That's what God's after. Stick around. We're going to talk a little bit more about what God is up to. Hello again, I'm Frank Mickens, and you're watching Faith Fire Media or listening to Faith Fire Media, depending on what platform you're reaching us with, whether you're on YouTube or seeing us on Facebook or on Twitter, or perhaps you're hearing us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Welcome to the latest edition of Faith Fire Media, and this is a ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries, where our mission is to fan the flame of revival around the world. And frankly, I'm still considering whether we should change the mission statement and go not so much toward revival, but toward awakening. That is what God is after, awakening. The revival is in the church. The awakening is in the world, outside of the church. He wants to awaken us in revival so he can awaken everybody else. Amen. So this week, we're in that vein because that's what we're about, fanning the flame of revival. And if you want to learn more about our ministry, you can go to faithfireworldwide.com and learn much more about me and what we're about. And you can also sign up for our text alerts. That way you'll be alerted to when we're on the air or if there are events uh, or any activities that you might be interested in. We won't spam you. We don't send out more than one text a week at the very most typically because we're telling people when we're doing Faith Fire Media. But you can join that list at uh, by texting the word Faith Fire, one word, to 55498. Faith Fire to 55498. All right, so let's get into the word today. The topic today is before revival. Before revival. Listen, I've been praying for revival, particularly in America, for more than a decade. Just been really passionate about seeing revival. And uh, I will not call myself an expert on revival. I'm not a revival historian. That's not my jam. I don't do a whole lot of reading about past revivals because I believe the spirit is going to be up to something new. I mean, there are things we can learn, but that's not where he has me um, putting my attention and focus. Typically, he's gotten me focusing on what he's speaking to me in dreams and visions and, and, and in the word of God and extrapolating out of the word what he wants us to be concerned and considering, uh, concerned about and considering at any given time. And so before revival, some things need to happen. And there's one really particular thing the Lord has put on my heart that has to happen before revival. So we're going to get into that. First, let me just share this dream that I had in December of 2020. So this was a couple of years ago. And I saw this old organ. It was part of a large apparatus. It was in disrepair. It was in pieces. And an organ, I believe, represents a church fellowship, a church. But this choir, or this organ, rather, was in disrepair. It was in pieces. And I knew the parts still worked. They just needed to be put back together. 
I'm going to say that again. The parts still worked, but needed to be put back together. So this is the body of Christ. The church is one body, one people, individuals, one body. And this organ, this is in my notes, needed a little tender loving care, a little TLC, restoration. God is about restoring the church to his design, operating according to its design. What does an organ do? It plays chords, harmony, in worship to God. I knew this organ was inside a building. There were columns, and the columns were on the ground. Listen to this. The structure was still intact. There were just pieces of this structure that were not in their proper place. I wanted to find the owner of this organ to get things put back in order. I knew the, o- the owner would give it to me. They weren't using it, and I knew the work wouldn't be hard. They would give me this organ, and it wouldn't be hard to restore it, and it wouldn't take long. I just needed access to the building and the organ, and I woke up and heard restoring the house of worship restoring the house of worship. That's what God is doing. We are a body. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are Bethel. We are the house of God. We're the place where God resides. We represent the tabernacle and the temple that was constructed in the Old Testament, where the glory, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat of God was carried from place to place by the people of God. And so we being houses of God, temples of God, we carry his glory everywhere. What what does it say in uh, 2 Corinthians that we carry about Uh, The sweet-smelling savor of the Lord everywhere we go, in every place. (laughs) That's how God's design works. He went from Adam, one man, to a people that can carry his glory everywhere. And that seed and that leaven continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But at this stage, the Lord is concerned about restoring the house of worship, restoring the church, restoring us to a place where we can worship him in spirit and in truth. To worship in a spirit and a truth simply is this, to live as a living sacrifice. If, if all of us just would do everything we do for the glory of God, you know, you can fast to yourself or you can fast for the glory of God. You can read the Bible to feel good as opposed to do it for the glory of God. There are heart issues that the Lord is working out. We can be engaged in politics thinking we're doing it for the glory of God, but we're actually doing it for ourselves and our friends and the people that agree with us. And I'm talking to Democrats, I'm talking to Republicans and independents. We've got to be careful. We cannot be partial. The wisdom of God is without partiality and hypocrisy. And so we've got to be really careful. And God is working all this stuff out. It's a work of his spirit. But he's restoring the house of worship. And the structure around the house of worship that has been put out of order, God's going to be putting that back into order. In our previous episode, we talked about how God's about a great awakening, a third great awakening. But first, revival must come in the church. And so this is another metaphor the Lord showed me two years ago about what he's doing, December. This was on Christmas Day, 2020, 12, 25, 2020 is what I wrote down. And so he spoke this scripture into my spirit after I saw this organ that needed to be put back together that was inside a structure that was out of order and needed to be put back together. We've been out of order. We have not been abiding by the biblical patterns that are in the word of God. We have not been abiding by even the rhema word of God coming through the prophet. Whatever prophets come about, many of the prophets have been offering up false prophecies that have been mixed with personal agendas and ideas and preferences and proclivities. And so the Lord's all about purifying, right? He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So we can trust him with this. But he put the scripture in my spirit 
after I saw this organ that was in disrepair that needed to be put back together and needed someone to act on behalf of the owner to put it back together. So what does he say? Who will go for us to Isaiah? He uses people. And this, this is actually close to heartbreaking. The fact that the owner wasn't using the organ. We've got to be careful not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. The body of Christ has not been operating as prescribed in the earth. We've been building our own houses of worship. We've been building our own ministries. We have not been so kingdom-minded that we don't want the credit. We don't want our name in lights. We don't want offerings. We don't want our name on a shirt. We don't want our church's name on a banner. And so that mixture is something that Lord has to work out. It's not about him being judgmental or pointing fingers or picking on people. He needs to get that stuff out so that we can be a glorious church that shines brightly without any dark places. He couldn't use this church. And I think that was an exaggeration. The Lord was just putting it into my spirit that he wants to use us in certain ways, but he can't because we're out of order. We're in disharmony. We cannot make a sound unto him. Amen. As a corporate body. Now, God's merciful. His word is always going forth. His word is always accomplishing. So we're not here to say God's not using the church at all, but there's there's a level of use that we are not ready for because we're so disjointed and out of order. And this is the scripture he took me to, 2 Chronicles 7.14. We say this all the time at prayer meetings when we pray for revival. And that's because the Spirit of God has put that in our spirit to pray. It is a revival scripture. If my people who are called by my name stop. That's all we're going to talk about today. If my people who are called by my name. I know we love to pray into the part where he says will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We love to heal their land part because we see all the things in our land that are not healed. But it starts with saying, if my people who are called by my name. Listen to the 13th verse. Give me a second. I'm going to turn to 2 Chronicles 7.13. We don't talk about 7.13. The dry that comes, the drought that comes when we're out of order. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me about this. We offer up this entire exercise to you, God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Take control of my mind and my mouth, Lord. And I apologize. I didn't do this prior to even speaking, preaching, and teaching. But Lord, I acknowledge you now. In Jesus' name, do your thing. Amen. Amen. All right, so verse 13 in Second Chronicles. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. This is what he does when the people of God are out of harmony with the spirit of God. He says he will shut up heaven. So that's not we're not we're not seeing the miracle signs and wonders in volume that that we saw when Jesus walked the earth. We're not seeing people raised from the dead in the volume that we should. Heaven's been shut up. There is no rain. The move of the Spirit. And he says he will command locusts to devour the land. He's allowing demonic forces to devour. That's the work of Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to devour. The locusts represent the work of the kingdom of darkness. Why would, why would the Lord allow this? To instigate the people of God to wake up. 
He's got to convict us of our lack of being involved and included in his agenda by seeing the manifestations of darkness. And it works. It does get our attention. So not only does he shut up heaven, he says he'll send no rain. He also commands the demonic forces to devour the land. And then he says he sends pestilence among his people. What did we just go through? A pandemic, a pestilence. He allows our health, our soul health, our physical health to suffer because we have not dedicated our souls to him. It's our fault. It's not him doing anything out of order. We open the door to the pestilence. We open the door to the drought. We open the door to the devouring because we're the authority in the earth as the ecclesia, the church. We're the authority. And so when we're not operating in authority under the head, Jesus Christ, in proper alignment with his heart and his mind, the door is open to attack. And that can be for your home. Let me give you just a quick nugget. This is a key. If you're under attack in your home, start asking God where you open the door. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. What gate is open and why is it open? Did you see this? See the wrong thing? Are you watching the wrong thing? Are you in hidden sin? Are you hating your brother? Are you a divider? Are you using your words as an attack? What you reap, I mean, what you sow, you're going to reap. And so these are immutable laws. These are the principles of God. We will reap what we sow. He says God is not mocked. And so if you don't forgive, he says he won't forgive you. So then you're going to be reaping consequences as if you are not even of, of faith. Because you're giving the enemy authority to afflict you by your disobedience. You're out of alignment. Your door is wide open and you're allowing the, the demonic to now influence you. If you have fellowship with demons, they will come in and they will bring others with them because they want to, again, kill, steal and destroy. The whole aim for the kingdom of darkness is to destroy, not just to make your life uncomfortable or miserable. He wants to destroy you and everything connected to you and your bloodline because you look like God and you love God. That was just an aside. So these outcomes, a shut up heaven that brings a drought in the spirit, a devouring by the demonic, and a pestilence among his people, not just people outside, but his people, his people, we've been afflicted. It's the work of God to instigate. When we kick against the pricks, at some point, the Lord brings us to a place on the road of Damascus or on the road of awakening. You know, opens our eyes to how far we've been off and we see our sin. But before we can do that, we've got to hear the word of the Lord. God, I'm almost wondering if I need to go to that right now, Lord Jesus. But as I... Think about whether or not the Lord wants me to go to Paul on the Damascus Road. I want to just say to you that God is very concerned about the soul condition of the body of Christ. If my people who are called by my name, he's concerned about his people. He's concerned about all people, but there's a special concern he has for his people. Because again, he's restoring the house of worship, the place of worship, his presence among his people. And this applies to all of us. He wants us all to be a part of that worship unto him. He says the day will come and now is where, the, where, where people will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That means having nothing hidden, nothing that you're restricting from God or holding back from God. You're giving him everything. 
His desire is to restore the house of worship, restore the body of Christ. Amos 9, 11, it says, On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which was fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. People have been prophesying that God's heart is about restoring the tabernacle of David. What's the tabernacle of David? The tabernacle of David was the tent that David set up because he was so zealous to have the presence of God in Jerusalem before there was even a house for it. He took it upon himself to have the the Lord on Mount Zion or near Mount Zion, rather. He wanted the presence of God. Some people died before they got it there because they had to learn the proper worship. Remember Uzziah, who died because he put his hand on the ark as they were taking it to Jerusalem? They had to learn the proper pattern. David came back later and says, if you had done it the way that the Lord prescribed, that would have never happened. We need to know his prescription for worship, which is sacrificial living (laughs) in simple. So I asked the Lord about all of this. Tabernacle of David, restoring worship. I said, when will revival come? And he said, he spoke to me, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And the emphasis he put on me in this hour is the initial portion of this verse. If my people who are called by my name. If my people who are called by my name. We first have to hear the Lord's call. We're called by his name. We're known as his people. He sees us as his people. We represent him. We all need to be hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. Before we can see breakthrough in our cities and all this revival we want to see in the church, we first need to hear God. What is God saying to the church? Why are we seeing a shut up heaven? Why Now, now the look, the Spirit of the Lord has been poured out. I'm not saying the Spirit of the Lord is not operating. But there are things that heaven has not been releasing among us because we've not been operating in conjunction with God's heart. He showed me the organ in disrepair. He showed me the structure, God's pattern, God's principles, his character was out of order. It was not being presented. It was not overarching the organ. It wasn't, the organ was out of place, not just in disrepair. It was not under the proper structure. Mm. Jesus Christ. He's the structure. He's our pattern. Everything's about Jesus. And if we lose sight of that, we're in trouble. It's not about man, not about agendas, not about politics, not about religion and tradition and the commandments of men. We make the the commandments of God of none effect by our tradition. We got to be careful. I love that portion of scripture where where the 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 Pharisees come to Jesus and uh, they're testing him. He says, well, first tell me this. He says, was the was the baptism of John of heaven or of men? He was testing their heart. And they were so set about self-preservation. They just said, we don't know. They weren't even able to give their true opinion. They were hiding what they really felt. They were hiding that they were in opposition to Jesus in that area because they were too afraid to even acknowledge it to themselves. And that's where a lot of us are. We have these opinions and these ways about doing things that we can't see first the move of heaven and just take it for what it is because it's uncomfortable and it doesn't match what we expect. And then we don't want to just say, well, it's of men because we don't want to offend people who believe that it is God's move. Elijah said, 
If you're for God, then be for God. If you're for God, choose him, walk with him. If not, don't. The Lord is a consuming fire. He wants it all. Be all in. So think of this. When the Lord was seeking to revive the churches in the book of Revelation, he encouraged all of them to hear. <laughs> Revelation 2.29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He was calling out some issues. He was commending them on some things. But at the end, he was just saying, listen, with all of this that I want to do in you and take out and make you and re restore you, you first have to hear. And he had already spoken, and he then says, hear. That's a key. Many of us hear God, but we don't hear him. It's like what we say about our children, in one ear, not the other. We don't receive it. Bible says that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. The Bible says that you have to receive him. And so when God speaks and he's always speaking, we've got to go like Moses did to the mountain with empty tablets and accept what he says without our opinion. You've got to crucify your opinion. We have built so many ministries on man's opinion, the way we think God's moving, the way we think it should look, the way we think worship should go, the way we think the program should go. Even in our live worship services, we just decide this is what we're going to do and don't wait for the Lord. Wait. See what the Spirit says. We are called to love the Lord with all of our heart. Before I go any further, let me just say this, where it says, if my people are called by my name, that word for called in Hebrew also can be translated as summoned. If my people who were summoned by my name, so that's somebody saying, come, that's somebody calling you to something, that's someone requesting your presence to stand before them and hear what they have to say, to, to be in communion with them. And so we've got to hear God say, hey, Frank, Come here. You're in the wrong place. You're out of order. Come. If my people who are called by my name, who are summoned, will humble themselves and pray. We first got to hear what God's calling us to. Yes, he's called us to repentance. But about what? Are we even hearing God? The Lord revealed to me a key to loving him for um, the key to loving him is embedded inside the word heart. God created language. Every word on the planet was created by God. Every language on this planet is created by God. Now, curse words are God's words that he gave us that have been perverted. But he gave us language. What did he do when we were building Babylon back in, uh, in the book of Genesis? He scattered us and gave us language. So everything in our language has and does have the ability and does glorify God. It's the word heart. This is what the Lord revealed to me. The word begins with the word hear. So if you want to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, you need to hear God. In the center of the word heart is the word ear. If you want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, you need to have an ear in the center of your heart. Somebody needs to praise the Lord. You need to have a, a spiritual ear at the center of your life. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart you had when you were born was deceitful above all things, more deceitful than Satan. We are self-deceived. Satan just gives us bait. 
we take his deception and receive it as ourselves because it agrees with what we already believe, what we already want. Bible says we're not tempted by God. We are enticed by our own lusts, the things we want that are ungodly, the thought processes we have that are not God's thoughts. And so we need to have in the center of our heart an ear that hears the spirit of the Lord. Hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Serve the Lord by giving him your heart. Hear him in your heart. Give him your heart. We need to hear the Lord first. If my people who are summoned by my name, if we do that, hear him. I need to be praying. I need to be repenting. I need to be getting in unity. What is God saying to you for yourself? Don't just listen to a pastor preach. Don't just go on YouTube. Don't just listen to me. Go to the Lord in your own prayer closet, shut the door, offer up praises and worship, and do what the Lord says do. Hallelujah. The key to revival and awakening is hearing the word of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. Listen, I know people will say it's repentance. Humble themselves and pray. Repent and pray. No, we don't get to that until we hear the call to pray, the call to repent. The details about what we're repenting for. First, the ability to know that we need to be seeking God for a spirit of repentance. The key to revival and awakening is the voice of the Lord. Listen, the prophet Ezekiel heard the voice of the Lord. Then he spoke the word of the Lord. And then only after hearing did the dry bones rise and come together and live. It took someone hearing God as a representative of God, speaking on God's behalf, and then the people hearing God, and then they started coming together. We've got to embrace prophecy in this hour. I said this last time with the message that was entitled The Third Great Awakening. God is after a third great awakening, but we've got to be able to embrace prophecy, which is the voice of God in the earth today in contemporary church. And the dry bones rise at the word of the Lord after hearing the word of the Lord. They come together, they come alive, and then they fight. We need faith. And watch this. We won't have the faith to operate in perfect conjunction as an organ of God. What does an organ do? An organ has an assignment, like a heart is an organ. We, talk, we started with an organ imagery. As an organ of God's body in the earth, we need to know our assignment. The kidneys cleanse the blood. The stomach digests the food. The intestines further digest the food and pull out the nutrients. You have a part of your body that expires that which doesn't belong. It gets rid of the waste. The organs and the structures and the systems of your body are meant to keep you healthy. And we need to be healthy in Christ. We've got to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying so that we can be a healed organ in the earth. Honoring God and worshiping him and letting people hear the sweet song of the Lord, calling them. The Bible talks about how the gospel can be compared to children playing pipes in the marketplace. <laughs> Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're not going to see revival until... People have faith that comes by hearing. And that hearing comes by the word of God. If my people who are summoned by my name, we need to have an ear to the heart of God. John put his ear to, to Jesus's heart. And it was John who was told who would be the one who would that would depart from him. 
he told Judas. He told him about Judas. He had his heart to the, he had his ear to the heart of Jesus. Do you realize that we should not take it upon ourselves to just do whatever we want? God gives you leeway. You know, he doesn't command you to do every single thing all day, every day. But when you're led by the Spirit, what does the Bible say? To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Listen, let's go to Acts 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was off kilter. He was off track, off trajectory. Thought he was doing the work of God, blind. And we're like that. He was not under the proper structure, the structure that he thought he learned by memorizing the Old Testament as a Pharisee was still out of order because his heart wasn't right. He wasn't hearing God and he didn't have an ear at the center of his heart to know God's heart. I love where the Bible talks about Samuel, that he was going to rise, raise up a high priest that would do his what was in his mind and his heart. Eli was off kilter. He had defiled the sanctuary, and so God had to bring in someone else who would prophesy to the people and represent God to the people and be character-wise a representative of God. That's what God's doing for the body of Christ. He no longer wants to have little bitty, teensy representatives of, of his heart. He wants there to be a corporate representation of his heart. In verse 2, or rather 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Frank, why are you bringing this up? There was a brother named Stephen who was stoned, and the people who were stoning Stephen threw their garments at the feet of a man named Saul. And Stephen looked up at heaven, he saw heaven parted, and he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. He prayed much like Jesus did when Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he prayed for Saul there. And because of his prayer, Saul had an encounter where he was awakened to being out, out of order. We need to be praying for one another that we hear the voice of the Lord. I encourage you to pray this prayer. Lord, as Moses in the wilderness, make my desire to seek you and know you and hear you for your glory in me and your glory in the earth. Shake my heart to hear your voice. Give me your ear. We're going to wrap up here. Father, we just bless you. God, we are double-minded. We are stubborn and stiff-necked. That's our nature. God, I pray that you make us one with you. Jesus prayed for this, that we would be one in you as he is one with you for your glory. God, I pray that we fall so in love with you and your beauty and your presence and your goodness and the peace you bring and just your amazing goodness and truth and your character, that we fall in love with who you are to the point where we're just willing to let things that don't match that go that we want to emulate you. You are, Jesus, you're our elder brother. You're our example. Father, you are the DNA. Your DNA is in us. Your spirit's in us. You want us to duplicate your character in the earth wherever we are. God, give us a heart that hears and make the ear of our spirit be at the center of our heart, guiding us as a rudder in the spirit. That is my prayer in Jesus' name. Listen, I praise God for you. I pray that if this touched you in any way, that you would share it. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like it. Um, we would love to see more traction. 
but that's not, I'm not seeking that. I'm only seeking what God wants. And I know God wants his word to be preached. I know that God wants his truth to reach people. And I know that God wants his glory to be revealed. So if you think uh, revealing his glory would be accomplished by sharing this word, I invite you to do so. We're going to see you next week. We're going to talk again. In the meantime, I pray the Lord blesses you and keeps you and makes his face shine upon you, that he's gracious to you, that he lifts his countenance upon you and gives you great peace. Henceforth now and forevermore. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I love you. I praise God for you. Faithfireworldwide.com. You can go there and sign up for our newsletter. You can also sign up for text alerts by texting one word, Faith Fire, to 55498. One word, Faith Fire, to 55498. We also are a nonprofit uh, donor supported ministry. So if you want to sow into this ministry for the glory of God, only for the glory of God, not for me, faithfireworldwide.com is a good way to do that. I praise God for you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.